Hey. Wait, let's wait for the ice machine. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the damn ice machine. Damn ice machine. It's weird. It's, it's between what two walls <laughs> and us, and we're still listening to it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And the guy that fixes it each month, he, you know, he comes and cleans it. He cracks my ass up because he will not stop talking. So I put music on and I turn it up loud because I was out there decorating. <laughs> and he will still talk over that music. And I'm like, fix the ice machine. Like, clean it and go. Clean it and go. He's here for hours. It's unbelievable. That sounds oh like God. It does. But he waits. Like, he waits 30 minutes after he's done it for us to hear that. The ice drop. The first ice drop. <laughs> so when he's done, he's still just sitting here with us for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. From Atlanta, the home of Coca-Cola. So keep your Pepsi-drinking asses out of here. It's the Whole World Improv Theater podcast, brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts, artistic director Chip Powell and a man who denies he's got gray hair, he says he's going chrome. John Mihalik. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whole World Improv Theater, the podcast. I'm John Mihalik, and with me, my co-host, the artistic director of Whole World Improv Theater, Mr. Chip Powell. Hey, John. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Chip? I'm doing great. Very excited. Today, we have two very interesting guests with us. Up first, Patrick Turner. Good day, everybody. Good to be here. Never done a radio show before. That's fine. That's why we wanted you on. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, my name's Patrick Turner. Now I'm from uh, Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh, I uh, Right now I'm a lobster fisherman when the season's in, and I am single, but uh, I have a lot of older relatives. My grandmother was one of 10 people, so I have a lot of old, uh, like second cousins, I guess you call them. Nice, nice. Where are you from? From Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, okay. Is that anywhere near Halifax? That is uh, actually north of Halifax by about three or four hours. It's a separate island. And uh, Nova Scotia, you know what that means? That's Latin for New Scotland. I did not know that. That's right. Wow. And it was founded by... Uh, the Irish, the Scottish, and the French. So it's got a mix of all that, and the Acadians. And the Acadians are the ones who ended up going down to Louisiana and becoming the Cajuns. Well, and I always enjoy a smoked salmon from Nova Scotia. They are great smoked salmon. But however, you're also adjacent to Prince Edward Island, which is where mussels come from. That's correct. Nice. And oysters. There's some good oysters in PEI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charlottetown PEI. Our second guest today is Xiao Feng. Oh, hello. Uh, is this thing on? It's on. Is, is, oh, it's on. Okay. Yeah, hello. just speak uh, right into it. I'm, I'm a Xiao Feng Zhu. I come from China and uh, I full-time grandma. I have 37 grandchildren. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. So how many children did you have in order to have 37 grandchildren? Five. Oh, wow. So that's at least six or seven kids each. <laughs> yeah, lots of sex. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it sounds like you were a very encouraging mother to get all those grandchildren. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, lot, lots of encouragement because the more grandchildren you have, the more money they give you later in life. <laughs> so whereabouts in China are you from? Hong Kong. Oh. When did you come to the States? Oh, I come here in 1950. That's, uh, that's a long time. 72 years. Yeah. So you came here in 50. So how old are you? a woman her age i didn't ask the age so much as the number that same thing okay so uh, uh i'm a 91 wow you hella old thank you but you look good i, I think, mean yeah, i was just gonna say i think she looks pretty good i would say anyone. china don't crack no that's right don't you be hitting on me patrick oh i'm sorry i just thought just trying to be nice to you all right i think you're a good girl there Okay, well, start with you, uh, Patrick. What got you into your line of work? Well, most of the people in my family were either fishermen or miners. And I didn't really like the idea of going down a mine, a coal mine, just because, you know, it's dangerous and dirty and, and whatnot. So I thought it'd be nicer to be out on the water uh, fishing, and the season's short, and then when you're done, the government pays you for the rest of the year, so you can do other things. So I became a fisherman. Uh, but my uh, my uncles and aunts and everybody, the uncles all went down to mine and all my aunts and my grand aunts, they were all nurses. And they all moved to, to Detroit because they could pay them more down there in the States. I, I need you to back up a second. So wait, you go fish That's right. for a few months. That's right. And then you sell your catch, you go home, and then the Canadian government pays you That's the rest right. of the year? That's right. Yeah. Unemployment. Oh, unemployment. That's okay. right. Yeah. And they still give you your socialized health care. Oh, of course. Absolutely. We don't pay for anything up there. It's nice. The hospital in, uh, in Sydney, is, it's small, but they're friendly. You know, that sounds like a really good gig, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, I can't complain. I'm, I'm not complaining. Say. Now, when you say fishing, you're lobstering. You're, That's right, yes. Yeah, so yes. Uh, what's the difference? Fishing is still called, you know, lobstering? That's like, right, explain. yeah, because they are technically fish, right? They're from the sea. I guess they're crustaceans, but we've yeah. all just called them fish. Gotcha. Because that's, you're out on a boat, and you're, you're catching things with nets and whatnot. What's the biggest haul you've ever brought in of lobster? Well, our boat's only about 40 feet. Like, we're a small operation. But... uh on a day, we could probably bring in, you know, a couple hundred lobsters, a couple hundred, maybe even a thousand lobsters if we're having a good haul. And then we put the traps back out and come back a couple of days later. Amazing. Yeah. And, and they sell they sell for almost $20 a pound now, those things. And most lobsters, at least pound and a half, two pound. Well, you know, as someone who goes to Maine often, I find that it's very affordable in Maine to have lobster. But as you move further south, it's more expensive. Can you explain why? Sure. Yeah. You know, because you want you want to keep the lobsters live, right? You don't want to you don't want to ship them dead. So shipping live lobsters is expensive because they got to go by plane because you got to get them there quick. You know, because they're only going to last in a tank for a certain amount of time, and you can't put them in fresh water. You got to put them in salt water. Because they'll die in fresh water. Yeah. So that's kind of why the price goes up. Plus, they're in a demand, you know. It's a real hot uh, hot commodity in the, in, the, in the restaurant industry in the United States. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, ma'am, did... Xiaofeng. Xiaofeng. Yes, ma'am. She's from Hong Kong. You have to say my name. 
And I mean, just to say Xiaofang, you know, so you get it in your head. Um, Xiaofang, you left China in 1950s during a huge immigration wave. Japan had ended their control of Hong Kong in 1945. And then all of a sudden the British came in to reform and all these immigrants were coming to China. Why did you leave at that time? Well, I come to United States for more opportunity because uh, I have all these, I had three children at the time mm-hmm. and I want them to have better life. And what do you feel about the fact that there's limitations now on how many children you can have? Is that government trying to control a woman's body the same way we're dealing with that kind of crisis here now with Roe versus Wade being overturned and different states and cities trying to control that? Uh. I don't care because I can't have children anymore. Well, at 91, I would hope not. That wouldn't be That would be in a feat. Well, it actually would be a miracle. That would be one miracle I'd like to see. Maybe we could try later. How do you feel about that for your daughters coming into, they're bringing more and more children in. How does that affect your family and your grandchildren, 37? Well, uh, yeah, I I feel like uh, nowadays it's better to not have children because you spend so much money on children, it's like waste of money. So you mm-hmm. have you don't have children, you probably live better life. Cause yeah, I full time grandma. It's hard. It's a hard job. Leaving Hong Kong behind, like, have you ever gone back? Oh yeah, all the time. I go back every year to go visit. Do you still have a lot of family over there? Uh, no, they're uh, mostly dead. So mo- most of my family is in the United States now. You mentioned your 37 grandchildren. Do you have any great-grandchildren? Uh, no, not yet. Really? Is that something you're pushing for? Yes, very much. I'd love to meet your daughters. You, you what? I'd love to meet your daughters. My daughters? Oh, you mean my doctor-grandchildren? Yes, or them too, yeah. Oh, they're studying very hard. They don't have time to meet you. Oh, <laughs> What occupations are your children and grandchildren in? Well, uh, this guy over here guessed it. Yeah, my my children are all doctors. Oh, they're all doctors. They're all, well, all but one of them. One of them is a is a low life. Yeah, he he's he's not a doctor. He's a car salesman. Oh, every family's yeah. got that one disappointing kid. Don't yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, very disappointing. Yeah. And then my grandchildren, there's uh, three of them that are doctor. So they're making their way over there. But the car salesman, he had no children because, again, he low life. Oh, wait. So five children, but only four of them produced your 37 grandkids. Yes, that's right. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm trying to do the math. (laughs) (laughs) So eight apiece, a little eight or nine is what they had. Yes. Major support for Whole World Improv Theater is provided by the Atlanta Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs, where beautiful people bring you the arts while surrounded by singing birds and fairies. They must have us mistaken for something like Shakespeare in the Park. Or the vagina monologues. Vagina. How many uh, brothers and sisters do you have, sir? I have, I'm a single, single child. I don't have any brothers or sisters. But as I was saying, I got a lot of uncles and aunts and great aunts and great uncles. So now I don't have any uncles and aunts. I have great aunts and great uncles. Is there a Mrs. Turner? Uh, no, there's not. I was wondering because, no, you know. You know I would like, like one. There getting, might be one here, though. I don't know. We're getting too close to a love connection uh, here today. 
I don't know about that. I don't know if I want my car salesman's son or my grandchildren marrying a lobster farmer. Well, that, I, that That's too low life for me. Well, I don't know. I mean, it would sound like you could make some great... You know, infusion oh. type dishes with the lobster that would, you know, feed 37 grandkids comes out to 9.25 per the four that are actually producing children, whereas one is not the car salesman. How does one have nine plus children? What do you mean? How does one have nine plus children? So that means you, each you don't one know. of them had almost like. Can you break it down for us? What are the kit? Like there are uh, four women that have been pumping out children like crazy, and if you pump out ten children in ten years. I mean, that's one kid a year almost. Well, uh, one of them had a, a quintuplets. So okay. that goes, oh. that's five in one year. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's how you do it. Okay. My great grandmother had 10. She had 10. She kept popping them out till she was 42. Oh, wow. Sounds like she had last sex, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. She did, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm from an Irish Catholic family, and uh, my great-grandmother pumped out 14. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> and that oh, is a true boy. story. For love and Lo- honor. Lots of sex in all these families. Oh, uh, there's not much to do up there, you know. <laughs> just got to keep fucking. I, I just have one kid. So, oh, you're not getting much action. No. <laughs> oh, that's the story of my life, man. <laughs> not getting much action. Hey, speaking of uh, action stuff, Patrick, what do you do for fun up there in uh, Nova Scotia? I was glad you asked. I'm a fiddle player. When I'm not on the water, I'm playing fiddle. We have something called the Celtic Colors, which is a Celtic music festival every year. And so I pick up my fiddle and I, I play uh, with some of my buddies. In the concerts. Well, do you have your fiddle with you? We'd love to hear it. Nope. Don't have my fiddle with me. Uh, Maybe you can sing something. I could I could sing uh, a little ditty. I think all of our listeners would love to hear a little Celtic ditty. All right. Let me think. Do you know the rights of man? It's an Irish Celtic no, song. Don't know that one. You don't know it? Uh, oh, you stupid boy. I know. I'm not that smart. That's why I'm a fisherman. Uh, okay, um... Give us a, a she-she. I know a man, his name was Word. His wife bought him a colored shirt. And then one day, he bought a goat. And he tied that goat to a railway track. And the train came down the track so fast. He took off his shirt flag down the train oh my god that's amazing like you should come to the whole world improv christmas party and you should sing that during karaoke oh i'd love to do i that. think we would love to have you especially if you brought lobster oh we'd bring a whole we'll have a lobster fest a Chris, you know not like red lobster though let's, no no let's, and real let's, lobsters in a pot there's very little lobster in the lobster fest that's at true. red lobster no no well, i'll bring real lobster in a big pot and we'll just cook it outside <laughs> And have a blast. That's fine. Um, ma'am, what kind of uh, lullabies did you sing all these grandchildren? Again, can you please call me by my name? Yes, uh, ma'am. Xiao Feng. Uh, Xiao Feng. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, uh, Hush, little baby. I had just learned that when I came to States, and I, I started singing that to them. Oh, we would love to hear yeah. some of it. Okay. Uh, Hush, little baby. Don't say a word. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. 
We don't want to turn our listeners off. I have a good question for, for Xiao Feng, is it? So you're from Hong Kong? Yes, that's So right. does that mean you're, you'd be a British citizen, right? You'd be able to go to Britain? It wasn't well, if British. she left in the well, I guess the Japanese. It would have been. It would have yeah. been a British principality back in 1950. It, it, it would have been, been England, right? He because the Japanese gave it up in 1945 for the British to come in. Sure, so, but I don't want. I don't have any desire to go to Britain. I understand that. You know, the I understand the food there is terrible. The food there is very terrible, especially the Chinese food. It's bad. Oh, yeah. Well, and are you, you familiar with the Cantonese opera? Sure. I mean, I think, like, what's one of your fondest memories of the Cantonese opera? Uh Oh, I, I love it when they sing uh, Canton, the numbers in Cantonese opera. Uh, we would love to hear that. It would be, like, amazing. Go ahead and catch your breath, man. Oh, hold on one second. I have to uh, take some breaths here. Breathing exercises for singing, it's important. You got to... Practice your vocal cords. Thank, thank you, Patrick. Yeah. What are you saying? Don't, don't, you please say? go ahead. No, no, I'm going to edit that out. Please continue. Tai Nu Fu. Uh, nu Fa. Tai Nu Fa? What you say? Uh, the opera Tai Nu Fa. Are you familiar? No, I don't know that one. She's oh. going to sing the numbers. Okay, sing the one you were going to sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, that was wonderful. Yee, 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 some say. Okay. Fong, have you been drinking? Yes. <laughs> I oh. drink a little vodka before I come here. I don't blame uh, you. She's 91. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> As a 91-year-old, what do you do to stay healthy? Fit? What's your fitness regimen? Oh, yeah, I walk around the block lots of time, and I carry the, the uh, dumbbell. Dumbbell, is that how you say? Mm-hmm. Dumbbell? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. two whole pound. Two yeah. pound dumbbells. Two pound, yeah. That's like I, carrying groceries. Yeah, I I, uh, I do bicep curl while Whoa. walking around the block, and then uh, if anyone look like they mung me, I throw the dumbbell at their face. Oh, she's foisty. She's a foisty one. When you're out there out in the sea there, Patrick, do you find you have to um, have somebody walk the plank often? <laughs> That's a pirate joke. I'm taking it. No, I'm actually serious. How do you maintain discipline at sea? Well, there's only like four or five of us on the boat. We're all good buddies. We've known each other forever. Uh, so I wouldn't say that there's too much, too much uh, shenanigans going on. You know, uh, we know we got a job to do. And um, so we, we're all pretty disciplined. Um, but yeah, we pushed each other off the boat a couple times just for fun. Did you yeah. get caught in your own traps? No, no, you don't get caught in a lobster yeah. trap. They're only like this yeah. big, die by. And, um, uh, and hypothermia. How, hypothermia. Oh yeah, you could get. You don't want to be in that water. Too. I was about to say, how long do if you push somebody over, do you have to like quickly get oh, them yeah, back out? It only last maybe twenty minutes out there if you didn't yeah. pick, go get them. It's cold even in the summer. Oh, that's very brave. I can't swim. Oh, you should learn. I'll take you out. Let's go swimming. Okay. I bet you you look good in a bikini. Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just flirting. Well, she's 91. I don't know if we... Maybe a body bathing suit. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see me in bikini. All right. Well, he's just flirting but with you. Free, free swimming lesson for me and my children and my grandchildren. You got it. Now, Chao Fang, I've talked to you before in a private interview, and you mentioned some things about 
luxuries that you've enjoyed from China that you eat. Can you explain those to our audience? Oh, yes. Uh, the most famous dish there is ha chang. You know ha chang? No. Mm -mm. You don't know what ha chang is? No, tell no, me. What, what's ha chang? Uh, it's uh, shrimp inside a roll of rice. You take the rice and the flour and the water and you mix it together and you make a sort of like a, a how you say, a dumpling but in a rectangular shape and you mix it with a sweet soy sauce. Yum. It's very good. You should try it. I would definitely want to try that. I'm thinking lobster is a natural with that. Maybe you could come to the whole world holiday party and bring that dish. Would have lobster and shrimp. I mean, be decadent. Uh, are you funding me for the ingredient? Um, I don't make free food for free. I'll take you down to Sam's Club and we'll buy a bag of frozen, frozen shrimp and we'll go from there. Okay, sound good. Okay. If you want me to uh, make it with cat inside, it'll cost extra. A cat? Oh. Well, yeah, we, well, wait we a bit. clearly oh, understand. Well, no, wait a minute. So what flavor of cat is the best? I mean, Persian? I mean, I don't uh, know. Cheshire. Oh, wow. That's yeah, that, that when you when you cook it, oh, the flavoring really sits in there. It's it's very good. Okay, we just won't tell anyone that it's cat. Oh, we tell people it's shrimp. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Well, I'm on board. All right. Well, that's great. And hey, we will be right back after this important message. If you are looking to enhance your awesomeness and meet sexy new people, you need to take a class at Whole World. We offer a 10-week class for adults at all levels. Whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced improviser, you'll learn the whole world approach to improv and have a blast doing it. I know I did. For students who progress through the advanced class, the entire program culminates with a big, big show. On the legendary whole world stage, all the actors at our award-winning theater have gone through our class program. And now it's time for you to take the stage. That's right, you. You know you want to. Get that neuroplasticity going and gain confidence at the same time. Go to the classes page at wholeworldtheater.com to register. That's theater spelled with an R-E because huh, we're fancy. This program is supported in part by Georgia Council for the Arts through the appropriations of the Georgia General Assembly. Georgia Council for the Arts also receives support from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. And thank goodness for organizations like these, because now more than ever, anybody sick of that phrase? Everyone knows how important the arts are, because where did everybody turn to? two years of health arts. So let's keep recognizing these amazing organizations for what they are and what they do. We love you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And Chip, why don't we meet the actors behind these uh, really interesting people? Well, let's meet Ali Louie behind Shang Fao. Xiao Feng. Xiao Feng. We always get it wrong. 
Wasn't we all, that a I mean, song in the eighties? Everybody shall fung tonight. <laughs> Close to it. Yes. Something. Wait. No, I don't think it's shell fung. It's Wang something Chung. else. Wang yes, Chung. Wang Chung. Yes. Wang Chung. Yes. yes. By um, Wang Chung. So, Ali, what's the inspiration behind this character? Well, one day I was walking in the mall and I was in Ann Taylor. I always love a good deal. So I went straight to the sales section and I saw this shirt that looked very much something like my grandma would wear. And I was like, I should do an Asian character. This shirt is only $8. So I started um, thinking about how I could make this Asian character. And it was right before my 401 grad show. And I started practicing it and then... Oh, can I tell the whole story? The yeah, Chick-fil-A please. story? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, no, we don't want interesting stories on a podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. So I really was having fun with this character, but I was having trouble staying in character. And so Steve Kennedy, who was in my 201 class, we decided to get together one day so I could practice my character. So he started asking me all these questions and everything. And um, we decided to go eat lunch at Chick-fil-A in my character I went in with the hat, and if you've seen my character before, it still has a tag on the hat, because <laughs> the, the joke is mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to return the hat after using it for 90 days, because mm-hmm. the tag's still on it. And so everyone kept going to Steve Kennedy and being like, oh, does she know the tag's still on her hat? Because I guess they just assumed yeah. that I don't speak English. <laughs> so everyone was going to him asking if they knew that the tag was still on the hat. And then um, when I went to order the food, I was like, oh, can I have lemonade? <laughs> and uh, Steve was like, oh, yeah, she's never been here before this is our first time at chick-fil-a and we were just gonna order and then sit down and then just have a normal lunch in ourselves not in character and then uh we sat down and the store manager comes up to us and they're like oh we heard it's your first time here we brought you some free food so it was like all the different types of chick-fil-a like sandwiches chicken nuggets all the different types of sauces so i was like well crap now i gotta sing a character so yeah. we just sat there for like an hour in my oh, character oh my god can we go to chick-fil-a tomorrow <laughs> i i want to go <laughs> this is no this is brilliant that's yeah. brilliant yeah that's and a I good story say, yeah i would say that day like it really helped me uh develop the character better because having to stay in that character for an hour talking to people at chick-fil-a so i recommend <laughs> that to anyone if you want to work great. on a character i'm just trying to picture this because you're a very uh not 91 year old person <laughs> You know, I mean, well, so I wasn't always an Asian grandma. I was just an Asian character. So that yeah. developed over time. Yeah. Okay. The details yes. always come later, which I always think is great when you're developing your character. It's like you decide to take it in a different direction. I do that all the time. Like my horrible Carol Channing impersonation. We're doing hello, Jolly. You're so nice, Jolly. And it was just horrible. And it, half the audience didn't even know who Carol Channing was. Half our audience doesn't know. And so I turned it into Bill <laughs> Silverman. <laughs> He's a director producer. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you kind of morph with your character. I love that story. Steve Kennedy is quite a character himself. Yes. I yeah. Mean, so it was, it was very fun to do that with him. I've then... known him for years. And he goes above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, as soon as we left that Chick-fil-A, we were dying of laughter in the parking lot. It was ridiculous. I don't know how you kept a straight face when they brought you all that food. Well, yeah, I don't you, know either. Did but you that... take food with you well, or did I... you just eat it all? No, we ate it all there. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Amazing. So free food. All right. Let's meet the <laughs> uh, man behind Patrick Turner. Rick, tell us a little bit about your inspiration for this particular character. Uh, Well, my family is actually from Cape Breton, Mm -hmm. and uh, we would go there every summer. 
I was just fascinated by how they talked and they really do talk that way. And mm. so it was just such a fascinating accent to me because it's almost Irish, but it's kind of French and it's just a mixture of all these different things. And I just found it mm. a fun, fun voice to impersonate. And Turner was my grandmother's name. She was one of uh, 10 kids and they were either lobster fishermen, miners, or the girls were nurses. So mm-hmm. it's basically just going on what I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but that's a great basis for a character. I mean, it, you can access all of those memories. Right. Right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like the part of your character's story of the creation of New Orleans, of the, because, you know, I'm from a port city, Savannah, which mm-hmm. was the first planned city in America. Yeah. And when you come from that and then you have Charleston and you have New Orleans, we had a lot of influence. We had Spanish, we had African, we had Scots-Irish. So there's a lot of that comes from that melting pot of knowing that what filtered into America was started in all of these port cities, which was always to me amazing that we get the best of those food cultures. Mm-hmm. My friend Michael Snow, who was alumni, who's been on this show, um, it's interesting because for my birthday one year, his dad uh, used to have a lobster restaurant in Maine, and he was retiring. So that last year, I got a cooler on my door with live lobsters in it. Mm, it cool. was, oh my God, they were so good. <laughs> <laughs> we do live lobsters at Christmas at mm-hmm. my dad's house every year. Nice. So. That's our Christmas dinner. Where's your dad? He lives in uh, Burlington, Ontario. Oh, wow. So, but he's originally from, he was born in Glace Bay, Nova yeah. Scotia. So Nice. And lobster is big in our family. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of lawyer type characters from being from Savannah. Like, I love that you're going with what's close to your heart because I always tell people, even if you're just playing yourself in a scene, go with the closest emotion that you have at the time because it'll be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And building characters when you come from what you know, yeah. it really makes a huge difference because you're true to the form. Yeah. Like yeah. they say, like you write what you know, like they tell mm-hmm. writers to write yeah. what you know, might as well make your characters what you know. Because uh, what truth and comedy, right? Like oh, yeah. what is true. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Allie, is there any of your grandma? Oh, yeah. It's basically her. It's yeah. basically mm-hmm. her? Yeah, yes. Does she return uh, things? <laughs> <laughs> is she from Hong um, Kong? Yes, she is. I don't think that she returns things. I guess that's just mm. like in general Asian culture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'll, do that. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of culture. I know a lot of yeah. people who You learned the American way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I'm not surprised. I, I thought that was an American thing, yeah. honestly. Well, let me ask you this. What sort of cultural type foods do you actually eat that your family has brought to America? Um, Is there anything so, that we wouldn't know about that you traditionally do? Like he's saying lobsters at Christmas. What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. So we don't do a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. My family eats lasagna on Thanksgiving, which is like really ridiculous. Cause I love we're that. Not, I love yeah, lasagna. but we're not like that. It's not even like a traditional Chinese dish. Obviously, it's just like a random Chinese family eating lasagna. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. You know what? So 
Well, and my dad's coming up at, for Thanksgiving. You know, my stepmother passed recently, but, you know, we were trying to get him out of his comfort zone and, you know, they never come to Atlanta for Thanksgiving. So he's coming and we're trying to think of something different to do. So maybe I'll suggest lasagna. Yeah, lasagna. I know. Yeah. That's crazy. I love that. And we eat a lot of snails. I know that like there's mm-hmm. escargot and everything, but mm-hmm. it's like, I guess, a different type of snail. It's like in a black bean sauce. Um, so that's like one of our favorite dishes. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. I, on the other hand, discovered Bricks and Stones Pizza, <laughs> which is a great pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> Brings everything to a halt. <laughs> the, the pizza, oh, I mean, we're all drooling. Yes. <laughs> we should have had pizza for the break. Well, it's been great having you both. Thank you very much, Rick. Thank you yeah. very much, Allie. Thank that was you. fun. Thank you, Chip. Thank you, John. And until next week, scene. Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater Podcast, a podcast recommended by that fifth dentist who didn't like Trident. The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and paramount leader of Improv Party is Chip Powell. Other producer and writer is John Mihalik. Hey, John, I bet in elementary school they, they called you John Mihaimlik. No? But that's what it was. One of my last names used to be Hershey, and so I got called Hershey Squirts all through elementary school. And I thought it was just because, like, I was little. Like, hey, a little squirt. And then finally in high school, someone said, no, they've been calling you that because it means diarrhea. Original music by The Gentle Readers. And our social media maven is Bethany Rowe. Please help support by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. We're the kind of friends who will walk your dog when you're out of town. And you'll love having us. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com. And remember, it's tax deductible. Remember, kids, when a dollar doesn't go to Washington, an accountant gets their wings. Additional writing and voiceover from me, Kate Arlo. And I guess I'll try to plug me. I've got some cool things in the pipeline, I think, relatively, compared to the last year, quite significant. So I'll let you guys know. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. What flavor of cat? <laughs> well, I mean, but seriously. I mean, come on. Let's break it down. All Who's right. got the most tender meat? <laughs> <laughs> Allie's over here. Like, you fucks. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs>